2: Hardworking people, working hard for you and me,
3: moving higher, time and time again, through the years you'll find us here,
1: moving higher. Hello
3: and welcome to the Moving Iron Podcast number 226, this edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Axon Tire, helping dealers move more iron for the past 100 years more information, go to axontire.com. Also, tractor Zoom delivering insights if you're looking for a great place to see what's going on in the auction market and uh, track what's going on there. Trend-wise, use Iron Comp's 500 individual auction houses that report data to them on a daily basis as to track what's going on there. So if you're interested in doing that, use Moving Iron at checkout, and you'll get yourself a nice little discount. On this episode of the Moving Iron Podcast, it's been a while since we've had a chance to reconnect here but i got aaron finnell back with us and we are going to talk about uh just whatever we come up with here mainly what's going on in the overall market what things look like so aaron how you been bud
1: i have been absolutely fantastic that's great that is awesome um, Aaron's Hay-in, working uh-huh. the farm is working work is working life is working there we
3: go right on well i think that's uh it's a good sign that everything's working
1: Hashtag it. <laughs> no, no, things are good. We, uh, this is our, uh, first year. I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk farm first oh, okay. before, let's do that before, before the legitimate stuff. Uh, first year really spreading wings as wide as they go and taking on a lot of, uh, hay jobs and it's been working great. It mm-hmm. really has. My oldest son, he was going to run rake, but other things came up, so we're kind of shorthanded, but Brandy has uh, done a great job running the swather and the rake, and I've run the swather and the rake and the baler, and uh, we're getting her done. So right now, we're 100 miles from home, and that's kind of wild, but it's working. Are you kind of
3: like the John Dutton of hay?
1: Um first of all, that I I did that twenty-three and me and John Dutton is is my dad. <laughs> He's my birth father. It all makes a hell of a lot more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. You know, we don't have mountains or trees or a really nice log house or cattle, but we have,
3: you know, way too many handfuls of sheep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like maybe like a like a distant cousin then. Yeah, yeah. Something like
1: that. We're we're that we're sense. definitely blood. Mm-hmm. I can
2: tell you that. Right. But uh Life's removed on your mom's side. No, it's definitely dad's side. Right
1: on. He's probably grandpa art, the jockey remember. Found that out on podcast, whatever that was with yeah. Dave. Yep. But he's definitely probably first cousins with Grandpa Art. So
3: gotcha, gotcha. Okay, that makes total sense. It's all coming together now. No, oh, yeah,
1: clear as mud. All
3: right, on. All right, so let's talk about what's happening out there in the equipment business. So nothing. It's nothing just really. Cool. Well, the only thing nothing's happening is because there's nothing to happen with. That's, that's yeah. Like, we, that's got, the hard we got we got iron you know?
1: coming out of our ears. <laughs> yeah. Dear God, somebody buy something.
3: <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, I wish that was the case. We had a, you know, this, this, this whole thing right here has presented a, new, a whole new problem that I would have never thought about in a million years. You know, but the same principles of used equipment still apply to what, to what we see happening, right? I mean, there's no, there's no real difference. Like, you're, you've got to measure processes the same way.
1: That's how it should be but it's not okay. Elaborate it's not at all. And it's going to be a shit snore.
3: I think so. I think, but I, I think there's the ones that are, that are, I think the dealers that are out there that have a really good process in place, a, a really truly understand what it is that their washout cycle looks like and what their, um, what their market can handle what the overall market looks like in and, and you know tracking those trend lines that are happening if you're doing all that stuff you should be able to read the tea leaves pretty well know when the breaks are going to start meet are being applied by the market here's a crazy thing i don't know if so much really think that it's going to be this next splash that we see um to the downside on the market it's not going to be oh my God, no one has anything. We're not buying anything. It's going to be, I think the demand that we see is going to stick around. Um, it might not be like it is right now where it's a, it's a feeding frenzy in the first eight-hour tractor that pops up on the, on the lot. But I really think it's more of a, it's going to be more of a, as new supply catches up, all these things kind of take place and all these things are going like they're supposed to. And then finally that supply and demand curve kind of come together. That's where the problem's going to be at, right? Because- there-
1: you're right. I'm gonna interrupt you right there, even though you're the wizard and the boss. Here's there's there's a couple problems right off the bat. The demand is gonna keep up, you know, maybe not at the, the fever pitch it is, but it is. It has to. There, there's nothing. We are a dealership organization known for a lot of combines. The wholesalers know if I need a combine, I'm going to call Fennel and see what I can accomplish because we got them coming out of our ears. We have hardly any from 9,600 to 790. We have hardly any. We're a little heavy in one category, but we have hardly any. Okay. And then you piggyback on that. Brethren Joe in his news conference the other day. All three of them had on their masks. It's mask, 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 variant, 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 blowing up. Mm -hmm. So any hope of the factories being hammered down three shifts of eight, here we go, we're going to build eight R's, we're going to have them coming out of our ears, not going to happen. I would like to sell somebody today in August of 21 their brand new 2024 tractor. Right. Yeah. We have we as an organization, we have tractors that were supposed to hit a lot of tractors
2: that were supposed to hit in September, hopefully October, boom. Late November.
3: Yeah, I think that's a story
2: though. Fix that. The Rona is now we're in like Rona 3.5. And
3: how are you gonna fix it? Well, I think I think what you see now is you have more companies that are going more people are getting vaccinated. That's number one. So that's gonna change things. More people are um dude. Vaccinated. Everybody I know, huh? and this this is weird, okay. Of course it is, it's coming
1: from me. Most people that I know on a like my friend, not a friend of a friend, or my family, not,
2: not your brother, that have gotten sick, were vaccinated. More, and it, it's, it's, more and more. it's yeah. less symptoms, but they still got it. Yeah.
3: Well, it's a, it's a flu virus, man. It's the same as getting the flu shot every year. The flu shot doesn't isn't going to guarantee that you're not going to get the flu, right? No, but the flu shot doesn't have
1: microchips,
3: so that's. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think so. <clears throat> I think is I think two things are happening. One, I think the more people are going to get vaccinated, whatever. Okay, let's see that happens. Whatever that does, it does. But I think the other side of this too is the majority of the country and the world, for that matter, are kind of coronavirus out. You know what I mean? There's not. There's not a lot of them that are out there sitting there saying, "Hey, man, I'm ready. To, I'm ready to go back through a lockdown again." You know, I don't think that's gonna. That's not the case. So, I don't know. I, I think we will have to have um, something significant happen to happen to uh, to curb things. And right right now, what's lo- what's logging up on getting stuff production. It's not so much that they don't have the material to get stuff done anymore. That's not so much. I mean, the microchips, obviously, but I mean, it's not like I don't have the steel to put in my steel radials, right? Or I don't have the rubber to make a belt with, or I don't have the whatever to make the. I don't have the leather to make the seat all that kind of stuff. I don't have that kind of stuff. That's not so much. Yeah, it's okay, but real quick,
1: labor supply. Real quick, yeah. The biggest lose your mind problem in ag right now Mm -hmm. is those microchips oh sure guess what guess what you can build a brand new 8r without that microchip you just have to drive it (laughs) and that is not gonna happen in
2: today's world
3: yeah no i think i think you're uh that's that's true yeah there's some truth to that but there's uh the, I
1: do get it for the data side. The receiver right. does a lot more than just steer
3: the tractor. Right. You're that, that's what, they, I mean, the data that they're collecting that is, is the most I important did. part of that. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's going to be a lot of guys out there that are going to, you know, someone had a conversation with someone the other day and we we're talking about GPS stuff and they were a pilot. And they were talking about something to the effect of all this data or all this electronics inside these airplanes now. You're not really a pilot anymore. You're just someone in there making sure that you know the plane doesn't crash. You're not. You're not really yeah, they're, technically they're, flying. the you know? things
1: are like a mower,
3: right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so they're just kind of sitting in there monitoring monitors, you know, and doing those kind of things. And and I think to some extent, there's probably some of that. That's probably happening on the farming side. That you know, the you know in in 1972. There were a lot of straight lines that were that were planted that were uh, done by hay and not done by you know uh, by a machine doing that. But at the same time, even those guys that were the straightest straightest in the world were still overlapping rows and you know double planting yeah. and, and those kind of things. So I mean, I, I get all that stuff, but it's it's the data that they're that's the big thing. That's what they're really truly really worried about. But it comes back to the labor issue, and that's what that's where the problems at. There's there's more such a lack of labor you know that that we can't um we can't get stuff built can't get stuff trucked we can't get stuff you know all that kind of stuff we fight how many how much how much time do we spend fighting trucking just oh, my God. from point a to point b you know what i mean and it's not because trucking companies are on striker they you know they want more money or anything it's just they they've got they've got 50 trucks and they've got 15 drivers so
1: Right, there's no roadblock up on the cloverleaf, and the bears are not wall to wall.
3: No, they're not in the air either. So, exactly. So yeah, it's it's going to be this 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 coming year is going to be pretty cool. I mean, it's going to be an interesting watch because you know with such high demand here, the same demand is ever it's around the world, right, for farm equipment, and opening up those international lines right now are are going to be it's going to be even harder to sell stuff internationally, not because of any real lack of, well, lack of equipment is going to be part of that. But the other side of it is, is that equipment is so expensive by the time you ship it over there and do all the other stuff, it's going to be, it's going to be an investment to make, but the dollar is also made it fairly attractive to start hitting up some people overseas and start taking a look at that. But all that being said, man, there's not, it's just not the equipment right now to, to go do that with right you brought up a good point about how combine levels and what that looks like and where you know where we are at as far as inventory goes if you take a look at what's going around there's a lot of people i talk to that are like man we've got a combine problem you got a lot of combines sitting around and it's a it's a very odd scenario that for as many combines that are moving because we, we show the numbers here all the time, what that looks like, you know, for as many combines that are moving for there still to be a quote unquote combine problem with what we have in, you know, just around 10,000 combines on the use of pivot marketplace.
2: That's a, uh, that's, that's
3: numbers. Like, that's some stuff where you start kind of wondering about what does it overall, what's that overall look like, you know, and, and, and where does that, grand scheme of of the overall customer and what they're thinking about i mean where, who's buying all these combines if everybody has a combine problem here here's where i think
1: that comes from casey as probably most of the listeners know and everybody that knows us know, i am i i love the combine world that's why my, that's why my job exists right <laughs> if there was not a combine problem I would not have a job that being the case, I usually have a pretty
2: good grasp about what's going on, or at least I really try to. So with that being said, it comes down to, if you have one combine
1: or a hundred, are you truly willing to get rid of them? It's Maybe there's guys out there that think, well, everything's, you know, tractors are just absolutely batshit crazy. There's no receivers for the next 10 years. Combines are, they probably listened to that Casey Seymour fellow that a couple of podcasts ago said, combines are going to come up.
2: And they're thinking, well, combines are going to follow that trend and they you, sir, are right to a point but that doesn't mean that
1: everything you have is right oh that's, that's
2: everything has a
1: price okay exactly I, I would love to be selling 780s for four and a
2: quarter and running out of laptop battery but that's not the real world
3: so here, here's what i would say to that that thing there's there's one thing there's two, I think there's like there's like the 10 commandments of, of used equipment inventory, right? And and used equipment process, what that looks like. We well, you know, Like your first, you know, first commandment is, you know, thou shalt price correctly to the market, right? That's number one right. thing, right? You got to make sure everything's priced right. Then you got to make sure that it's reconditioned correctly and you're, and you're reconditioning a piece of equipment based on what it is and not because your shop needs to work, right? Right. So actually pricing something in you have got these kind of things broke down and then you kind of keep going through these steps of what it takes to get there and then you finally get to this one where you have a stagnant thou shall not let their inventory become stagnant right 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 you've 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 repriced it you've taken new pictures you've moved it from from your you know, ABC lot to your XYZ lot and you've done those things and you've, you've moved things around, you moved it to the back of the light, moved the front of the light. You've done all these stupid used car tricks all where you move it around so people think that it's sold in those kinds of put things. it on the ramps. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Have it set sideways like a Jeep, you know, all those things. You know, <clears throat> but the one thing I think that that customers know is how long they ever, I think you go ask any customer if they drive by your lot enough. And they see something there, they, they kind of roughly know how long you've had it. Oh, yeah. Right. Yep. Um, and and online, thing,
1: even worse. Oh,
3: yeah. Absolutely. Like the picture with snow in it and it's July. Nah, you've had that thing for a while. <laughs> unless you live well, in the Well, we
1: had that, we that up on the Great Divide. <laughs> unless, Guy was
3: borrowing it to run his moco. Unless you live in the panhandling and it you, you could snow anytime. So, I mean, Right. it, it could honestly do that. Or that could be hail too, one of the two. It could be snow or yeah. So, you could. You can play that off a little bit. More but. likely detail. <laughs> yeah. Likely. But more likely. But the one thing about that too is your sales guys also know how long you've had that piece of equipment sitting there. Right. And I'm a firm believer that you have you have about nine months before something, whether it's I don't care what it is, before you, that you, a sales guy loses interest in trying to sell that piece of equipment. Yep. And the reason for that is it's not necessarily because it has anything to do with it's a bad piece of equipment. It's just, you know, victim of circumstance. You know, it's it's been rented out during the peak selling time because the machine went down and the customer needed a loaner. Or, um, you know, they had to rob parts out of it, which we've done a lot of, you know, robbing parts out of stuff, and we can't sell it, you know. So next thing you know, it's it's 9 months old, it's 12 months old, it's, you know, 15 months old, something like that. need a sales guy, and I see something that's 15 months old and I'm going to sell it to a customer, I'd be a little bit leery of that just because I'm not for sure what, if it's been here, if it's such a good combine, why is it still here? It's priced right. It's got good pictures. It's clean. It's got good tires. It's reconditioned right. And it's, got, it's ready to go to the field. I guess I'm in the
1: right role in my life because my rebuttal to that would be, I will whore that out to the first guy who raises his hand.
3: That's <laughs> the, <difference> <laughs> the, the difference between the buyer that you work with and then just your end user buyer at the, at the dealership. Right.
1: Well, and I'm I'm getting at it either way. I'm just saying, hey, it's been here too long. It's a great combine. Here's here's what here's the number taken. Right. I don't matter who's on the other end. I don't care if it's you know thousand acre farmer or king of wholesale or exporter. Doesn't matter. I understand that at, at that point. This machine is this price. Boom. Have at it.
3: Yep. I, th- I, think, I think the difference between that and and me, the guy that's two miles down the road, right? The guy that's two miles down the road, if there's something, there's an extravagant issue that goes wrong with it and whatever else. Not that you don't have to fight those fights because we fight them all the time. But oh, yeah. it's a different kind of fight with the guy that's two miles down the road and goes to the coffee shop every day.
1: I'm right. I get you know that. That's, but that's, guess that's, what little thing called the internet mm-hmm. that this, that we are doing and my world exists for, it makes no damn difference. If that guy is six inches away, if they knew, if they want to trash you over
3: something, they can do it. Oh, sure. If they praise you over something. They can do it. Sure. Sure. And I'm not, I, that's not my point, but the difference is that, that the local guy, your local sales rep? No, I right. You know I mean, your local sales rep is going to take a look at that because I've seen it happen so many times where that machine's the same machine was here for nine months, and we've priced it to the marketplace, and the machine that's just like it came in, some relative hours, same relative specs, exact same price, and the one that's been in for two weeks sells first. Right. You know what I mean? So that's one of those things that I think is there's that stagnant that stagnicity i guess if you want to of, of equipment that that keeps popping up that guys have to go back in and and really think about what it is that they've got out there and then does a change of venue make a difference in, in what's going on you know so i mean i think you got to run through those processes in your in inside each one of those deals and take a look at because i mean it doesn't matter if it's a combine or a chopper or a tractor or whatever it doesn't matter i mean Everything, a Baylor, where all those things kind of run into effect because even even Baylor in season, as seasonal as it is, we still sell a lot of Baylor's in December. You know what I mean? So yeah. So a lot, a lot of Baylor's in 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 January. You know what I mean? And, and what they're doing, they're buying for the upcoming year, I man. That's exactly what they're doing, but our tax thing or whatever else. So my thing with combines right now is, you know, guys tell me that, you know, things are going to get stagnant or whatever else even though I think combine demand is going to pick up, I don't think the price is going to pick up any. No, I don't think the price is going to go from being this until they get to the point where they're like, Oh man, there's only like, we only have 5,000 combines to pick from in the entire North American marketplace. Well, yeah, then you'll have some problems. But by that time it's not going well, you should, you should have new ones hitting the ground. They're going to fill those, fill stuff back in, you
1: know? But you know what? As as the new tightens up, and thank God, at some point in our our adult lives, it's finally happens that it's a little tight on supply of combines. Thank God, you take the I buy a two year old seven eighty every guy right now. He is that guy in two thousand twelve or eleven, we should say that skipped his deal and bought new right just like the guy behind him right but because of the shortage
2: those guys are thinking hit replay or i can get a one-year-old super low hour okay
1: Mm -hmm. and just try to fill the the front side guy who actually gets his machines you know fleets whatever Then you go to that next guy who, man, you know, finally we can jump back to new. But there's way, 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 way less of that from both of those guys this time around. The problem is the first guy wants the 250 set. So does the second guy. So does the third guy. Right. So it's like the 500 plus set that no matter what it is. Fantastic machine might slow down a little bit, right? Yep. And that's the other side of that too. That's, and to your point, Casey, it doesn't make them worth anymore when you get to that highest dollar hanging on your balance sheet machine in the dealer world. You now have three guys instead of one guy. After that combine. doesn't mean it's worth more. God bless it is not worth more, but you have a way, way better chance of flushing it down than
2: two years ago. Right. No, I agree with that. I think there's there's
3: some some um some valid point you made there. But I think I think the biggest thing too is like you and you hit on it right there, that's the important part of this, is that you've got to understand where your hangups going to be in that, in that washout, right? Like right. first, second, third trade, buyers, so they all, they all want 250 separator hours, right? So when you, when you get above, when you hit 500, that's when you start really, things start really slowing down. And when you hit 750, they even get slower. You know what I mean? So that, that's really where you're at. And I don't know how many conversations I've had with, with uh, friends of mine from around the industry, about 1500 hour combines. Oh yeah, I mean they're a lot. I'm like, man. you know, he's gonna go ahead and run it through this season too. So by the time anyone gets to have about eighteen hundred on there. like, god dang. Man. So I hope you're talking engine hours, not separator hours, because that's <laughs> there's a bunch of those <laughs> laying around out there, Yeah,
1: you know? and I hope that is five digits, not six. Oh, right.
3: <laughs> right. Yeah. So you know, <clears throat> but I will say, if you look at auction values of those machines that have been thick like we've talked about, but that thousand, to 1500 hour machine, they have, they have come up in value a little bit, not a bunch, not a whole bunch, but right. you have seen, you have seen some, um, definitely seen some, some movement there, um, uh, that have, that have gone, um, in a direction where you're definitely going to see more machines, um, kind of start to settle out there's not that volatility they're kind of starting to kind of normalize a little bit right right so seen that out there more than anything
1: and what that is it's just as you the master of used equipment <laughs> it's just you take that downward flow down 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 now personally where i think the biggest hiccup is currently
2: is Fifty sixty 60 series combines. Okay. Elaborate. Okay. A,
1: I would be hard-pressed, personally, to find a 50 series combine
2: that I would put more than 15-10 in. 15,000 15,
3: or 10,000? I mean, right. Okay. 10, right. 15, okay, All right.
1: The amount of combines you will get traded in at that point, Whistle in the wind (laughs) because there's all kinds of holes in them,
2: but if you want to move that combine, that's your number. Okay. Okay. On a a 50, I mean, a, and I'm
1: talking
3: worst case scenario, Casey. Yes, that's
1: a good good point. So think about this.
3: So think about when the 9770 combine came out. The 70 right. series combine came out at that point you were you had a 60, 50. Then you went to the 10 series and then you went to the O series. Right? right. I still remember when the like 2009, we were still putting like 26 or $27,000, $28,000 in 90, 96 hundreds, you know, we were right. $45,000 in um, 10 series combines. Right. So now, I mean, if you just go through the simple process, and those all had, you know, two thousand to three thousand separator hours on them. You know what I mean? Like they had a bunch of hours. Now, you now the fifty series, is the same thing, right? And the only difference
2: is now is that that between
3: the seventy series and the and the Ot series combine, right? Capacity would definitely grew all the way up to ninety seven seventy. Nothing right. like it grew between the 50 series and the, and the, and the 700 series.
1: Right. right. Yeah. Eastern no. Western. And yeah. I get that. And you know what the culprit is? Who do we always like to throw rocks at on this podcast?
3: Each other typically, but.
2: Well, yeah. Or 12 and 13 oh, yeah. Yeah. series combines.
3: Yeah. And they've made, that's, that's where your that's your relativity point in time right
1: exactly
3: Everything wherever is measured from that
1: thing on the auction market that day that's mm-hmm. your market go up or down from there
3: right and that's that's exactly right i mean if anything that is a uh that's kind of one of those things like i remember where i was at on that day type of stuff you know <laughs> Right. Now, you know <laughs> you don't it's just like that it's a pivotal point in time that you know you have got these these machines out there and they're they're the the things that you measure for
1: X Y and Z, right? Bam! The, the, the right. day I saw a 2012 S670 under 2007 bring fifty, I was here. I was wearing this, and <laughs> I
3: remember watching it was that
2: a time
1: a day.
3: Auction. I remember watching the first auction where I saw the 60 series com a or six hundred series combine bring less than fifty grand. I was like, whoa. Wow, we're there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> wow. Yes, uh, <laughs> P- I'm on. I'm on PTO for a couple yeah. weeks. I got to deal with this.
3: Yeah, we've, we've we're there now. So, and you know, I think uh, it's just so important to understand what what it is that you've got going on. And right now, it's kind of easy to get carried away with what you're doing. And I think you can right. do that. I think you can get carried away right now and and do some. For- Right. The right for, eight, item. For, the next, for the next 18 months. I really believe that you got 18 months to do some really, really gregorious things. That I think you have 12 and you better at least pump the brakes. Oh, I think, but I'm, yeah, I'm saying like 18 months and it's a hard, it's a hard stop. Oh, uh, right. Uh, so whatever you're going to do to get to that 18 months, you've got that's your time frame. When you get to month 18, right? When you get
2: to basically, December of
3: twenty three, that would be maybe eighteen months from now, right? Yeah, so I'd be uh, uh, yeah, cause, yeah cause be pretty close. Yeah, be pretty close. So basically, December end of twenty three, early twenty four, you you really need to start taking a hard look at, at what you're doing and and making sure that you don't you're not the the dumbass out there that's taking that 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 last trade in that's uh you know 50 grand too high because right. that's going to have you are going to get caught and you you got to be
1: well and that's what i'm saying you get to next august you better pull to the side of the road and check the map
2: yeah but you I'm should not, not the time.
1: There, but my god you better just double check what's going on
3: yep but, but you should you be doing that all every day thing. though now you know like so I'm gonna write two articles for, for farm equipment magazine that I'm I'm gonna put together I, I put together this still last month last month where I did uh basically it was uh the difference between a used equipment manager and a remarketing manager, right? Right, yeah. And I think there is great article. Well thanks. I think they have a lot of both of those terms that kind of tossed around, but I think there's two different things there And when I look at. it. I mean, if you're a used equipment manager, to me, you're managing used equipment, you're managing the flow of used equipment, you're managing the washout cycle of used equipment, you're managing um, the metrics that you're using to, to see if you're doing things right. You, you're measuring all those things. If you're if you're a remarketing manager, in my opinion, you're you're basically getting a piece of equipment ready to remarket, right? You're ready getting ready to sell. You're pricing it. Right. You are getting it through the reconditioning process, and you're making sure that it's where it needs to be at when it needs to go out and sell it. Most recondition or most reconditioning managers, most marketing managers, are going to be folks that also probably sell a lot of used equipment as part of their job, right? Right. Not that used equipment managers don't sell a lot of equipment because I mean they dabble in that a little bit, but they're spending a lot more time on the management side of understanding what's going on. And you know, a month sixteen and a month eighteen, I need to start looking at pumping the brakes more because here's the trend lines I see developing, you know, right. That's, that's the big difference. I think i see kind of one thing I've kind of come to a realization about uh, as I kind of thought about that a little bit, because you need to be measuring things all the time. You've got to be measuring what's going on in the auction market. And that's not just watching, watching the auction and what happens there. I mean, you can watch all the auctions you want to, in my opinion, watching them on the internet is uh, it's kind of, I don't know that you really get much out of it, but going to it in person and watching it, you get a hell of a lot more out of it than you do watching online because you get to get see body language for every yeah, piece. Yeah. You see how long it takes because <clears throat> on the internet, you don't really get a feel about how, how long it's taking to get the next bid. You can hear right. the man, you can hear the cry and everything else, but you do not you don't see the guy staring at his boots that just raised his hand, you know, two bids ago, or you don't see the guy walking away because, you know, it's now he was high bid. Now he's not, and he's not going a, a, a dollar higher type of thing. And you kind of watch that stuff. You can see those things happen. That's why I like going to, to live auctions, man. It's, I hope this coronavirus thing doesn't take that away. I hope that's something that we get right. to see more of because there, there's a, <clears throat> Like Sullivan's, they do a great job of, of the online side and the in-person side and kind of smashing those together and really bringing those two things together. But they haven't had, that I'm aware of anyway, I could be wrong here, but I don't think they've had a live auction for, well, since the shutdown.
2: Yeah, I think you're right.
3: You know, and
2: I think you're right. Talking not, to Zach
1: just a couple weeks ago, I think that's what he said.
3: Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. And we're we're seeing more of that. We're seeing more live auctions come together. I think Steph has had a few, and, you know, there's getting to be more and more of those live auctions as things come together. An online auction is significantly cheaper to do than, than a, uh, than a in-person auction, but. But they suck. They do suck. They're not fun. Dude.
1: I want to, I want to get a hot dog and. Yeah. Wear coveralls and be yeah. freezing to death just to not get a damn thing bought because it all brought too much.
3: I wanted that fifty cent cup of coffee that's just kind of warm brown water because it's cold outside. Right. It tastes good. Yeah, you know I mean that's what I that's what I'm looking for. Exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we we made a gallon of Folgers
3: with just five scoops. <laughs> yeah, so I think I think that that particular side, but back to my statement here, you know. You've got to be measuring stuff all the time. You have to right. be paying attention to what's going on. And, you know, watching those processes work and, and, and how they all come together is, if all you're doing, if all you do is you're, you're caught up in the, you know, get, get the trade value and, you know, get, get the trade value, get the trade. And all you're doing is put trade values on stuff every day. It's going to be hard for you to go back and take a look and make sure you understand what's going on unless you can disconnect yourself from that for a minute and really dive into what's going on. Yep. It was easy for me to do that because I'm a data nerd and I like to to do all this kind of stupid stuff. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) But but the other side of that, the flip side of all that is um, the evaluation of the equipment was, was something that I, um, I don't want to say it's something I hated to do because that's not true, but it wasn't something I look forward to every day. You know right. I mean? It was the, the part of the job that was the most important part of what I was doing. It just wasn't the, the funnest part of what I was doing in, in my, whereas
1: in my brain, that's the best part of that job.
3: Exactly. So that's, that's the biggest difference in, in the person that you're looking at. When you start really paying attention to what's going on in, in that, in that role is who do you have and what do you got? And then how can you better support, you know, those things around there to make sure that you maximize strengths and you know mitigate weaknesses as much as you can. Right. But that's that's a great crazy thing. So I'm very interested to see what happens here in December. There's a lot of stuff coming. This December is going to be kind of cool to see what happens with with auction values and retail values, especially because this is going to be an odd year that obviously I think there's going to be some guys that have tax money they got to get get spent and those kind of things for an end year. And there's going to be a lot of guys buying 15 hay rakes because that's what they've got to pick from you know right. <laughs> i've got i got 30 grand i got 80 but grand not, but not
1: yeah. good rakes because yeah. the good rigs are all sold out too
3: yeah so it'll be that's why i think combines are going to be such a high demand because that's going to be your choice mostly i think mostly your choice is going to be combines oddly enough no I, no one's told me that they don't have any that they have a, a combine head problem right You'd think typically if you have eighty combines sitting around, you've got eighty to a hundred heads, and, and that's not what I'm hearing. I'm hearing heads are heads are like crazy short. I know. I don't think there's enough heads for
1: combines. My God. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if it's an 08, 612, a twelve ninety a blue, twelve ninety-three, yeah, or a twenty twenty-one.
2: 718 that was technically a demo last year type of head
3: they're all gone yep every one of them and that's the most uh that's the shocking most shocking thing too another thing too is you've started looking at some of these short line the ends too we've talked about that a little bit too that grain carts and riders right. and bail movers those kind of things they're starting to starting to pile up those kind of things too so Plants have to pay attention to, and there's a million things going on that can lead to some big problems. So, if you're used to listening to this, make sure. I ordered
2: a new flatbed in
3: January,
2: Mm -hmm. and since May 1st, every six weeks, we're told every six weeks. Yeah. I ordered
3: a... I don't even remember where I even ordered it from now. But I ordered a uh, a drag that you drag behind, like a four-wheeler. Oh right on. For the for the church parking lot. So we can keep the DR. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's just like a it's like a drag harrow more than anything. Ooh. just like a chain harrow, but it doesn't have the, the herald spikes. It's just like a chain right, spike, you know. Right. And, um
2: we ordered that in March of nineteen. March of twenty. We still haven't got it yet.
3: Oh, man. And then we're talking about a, you know, four foot wide. Right. You know, two and a half, maybe three feet or four foot long, about two and a half or three feet wide. Right. That you set cinder blocks on and you drag it out of a four-wheeler. Right. It doesn't require a single microchip. <laughs> still have, still got it. But it requires a workforce
1: who can be there yeah. and have to worry about all the other shit.
3: Yeah, exactly right. So, yeah, it's a very, um, very odd time that we live in. And you, I'll say it again, you've got to pay attention to what's going on because as as much as fast as this ramps up, it will be faster going down.
2: And
1: uh,
3: it's, it's every, it, like that every time. So just, it, yeah. Not even overnight, it'll be yeah. from like supper to dessert. Right. If, you, if, you've, if you've done, you know, you can't, you know, the old saying, you can't um, – drink all day. If you don't start in the morning, right. Right. I've done it. Right. And it, it works. It's a fun thing to do. It's, still it? but when that wears off at about, you know, nine 30 or 10 o'clock at night, that's not fun. Right. <laughs> you got to stay, you got to stay on top of that to keep riding that train all the way through. So yeah. just make sure you guys, I'll, I'll say to me, whether you're in the equipment business and you're selling equipment or you're buying equipment, You've got to make sure you know what's going on and what stuff is worth and, and yep. how to make sure that stuff's going. And to be honest with you, there's no better person on the planet Earth that you should be trying to call right now than Aaron Finnell. So, Aaron, what's the best way to get a hold of you if, you if people want to get a hold of you and talk to you about equipment?
1: Well, i tell you what. Call me. Text me. 308-760-1193. Or I am on Twitter at Aaron Fintel. So, there you go. Right on.
3: And Three I'm different. Seymour Hammer down. Get some. Well, I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. You can check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's where you're going to find the latest editions of the Moving Iron Podcast, as well as any blogs I have posted will be there as well. Also, go to Moving Iron LLC, and you'll find the entire library of everything that is Moving Iron. So, whether you're listening to podcasts, podcast, want to read blogs, or if you want to um, just see what Aaron Fennell looks like, go to the Moving Iron Podcast Contributors page, and boom, you'll see him right there. And be able to see what he looks like. Um, there
1: he is. <laughs> yeah shouldn't have done that.
3: And the other thing, too, is Moving Iron Summit's coming up. That's pretty well sold out. Um, not a lot of, sp- I don't think we have any space left, to be honest with you. So check that out. If you're still interested in coming to that, I might be able to find some way to get you there. Uh, just, you know, hit me up at Moving Iron Podcast, com, and I can uh, see what I can do for you. So with that, I'm Casey Seymour with Aaron Fennell. Let's go to smart, folks.
0: Out. You want to have a meaningful, competitive advantage to help sell more equipment. Whether you represent the sales, parts, or management department of an implement dealership, there's a surprising amount of complexity when it comes to tire, wheel, and track technology. Let Axon worry about that so you can get back to supporting your customers.
2: twenty first century